Hello and welcome to another episode of Between Here and There. My name is Sean. I'm Charlotte. I'm Summer. Hey, the three of us in the studio today, and we're going to be talking about、uh, a topic that I'm pretty sure is going to get a rise and、uh, a lot of opinions out of a lot of you.、Mm-hmm. Today's topic is all about Eastern versus Western styles of parenting. Yes, parenting. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> parenthood,、uh, the scariest hood. Well, yes, says the parent. <laughs> And Summer, who is not the parent yet, however, is、uh, well. How would you say you were brought up as an Eastern and Western style of parenting? I think definitely a mix of both, but I am definitely leaning more towards Western than probably you two,、mm-hmm. and probably、yeah. um, comparing to. The international students in Taiwan probably a little bit more Western. A little bit more Western. I, I actually think that we represent a very nice spectrum here, the three mm-hmm, of us.、Mm-hmm. All right. So Charlotte, you grew up in Taiwan mostly. Yes. Right. I do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a first-generation American immigrant.、Mm-hmm. And Summer is an American-born Chinese.、Yes. Right. Yes. So all right. So we got this spectrum here. We got it covered. <laughs> we got it covered. And um, uh, well. Also, you know, for those of us probably tuning in for the first time, so Summer is an early admit to Harvard, who hasn't actually started going to Harvard yet.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on a gap year. On <laughs> a gap year, it's thus between here and there. I'm a Harvard grad, and Charlotte is like a super,、uh, you know, former VC,、uh, you know, advertising, marketing, do everything kind of overachiever. But but most of all, I'm a parent, and I just had a child. That、um, applied to college, and like we're waiting for、um, college acceptance right now. So,、uh-huh. so I'm going through. So, it, it's always a point where if your child goes to college, like what school does he go to? It kind of proves that if you're a good parent or not. It seems oh, like, it's oh, like oh, oh, well, there we go. That's the, that's that's one of the things about Eastern like philosophies, right?、Yes. There's a lot of Asians <clears throat> that think that if your kids do well, that reflects well on the parents. Yes. Well, so we're gonna dive right into it. We're gonna share a lot of stories. We're gonna have some laughs and some tears. <laughs> <laughs> tears. <laughs> oh, talking about oh the the past. <laughs> and、uh, of course, you know, we welcome any and all comments onto this episode. We just want a very meaningful conversation. Hopefully, everyone can take something away from this. And firstly, a word from our sponsor. So our show is sponsored by Rocket Admit 火箭教育 So Huar Rocket Admit, they were started by three Ivy League alums with a mission to help Taiwanese high school students get into the top thirty American universities.、Ooh. That's a big promise. <laughs> oh yeah! So you can find them at www. rocket admit. That's one word: r o c k e t a d m i t. dot com. And so now onto our episode. So Eastern versus Western styles of parenting. But first question is exactly what is the Eastern versus Western style parenting? What is it to you? Can we use like basketball terms?、Mm-hmm. Like there's two、sure. kinds, two kinds sure, of defense, whatever, right? There's what, zone defense, yeah, and there's、uh, man defense, right? One on one, right? I think I don't know if it's Eastern, but it's more of a like a close up,、um, like closely watching. Your child's、um, education like, would be. You're very involved. Very involved. Very involved. Yeah, yeah. So one of the terms、um, in Taiwan would be like helicopter parents, or we call it eraser parents. Like what's an eraser parent? A parent that's always going around with an eraser to erase the child's like homework. You know, oh, this is 
this is not right. Let's erase it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just make a noise right there. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so it's like micromanaging your kids' Yeah, life. micromanaging and the um, – I think – I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't say Western, but it's a more of a liberal kind of organic way. Let the child kind of find their own interests. Let the process, you know, go by itself. Mm. And the other one would be like totally involved. You mm. know, you should take this, and there's always like a goal that right. you want to reach. Like right. you should get the score. You should go to this school. You right. should do this. You should learn piano. It has mm. to be piano or if your girl is piano, if it's boy is violin. Right. It's like, you know. Right. You have to have that instrument. Yeah. Right. One instrument. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you, you got to like, the parents actually is building the child's resume to go to college. Hmm. Mm. So it's very goal oriented. Very yes. goal oriented. Yep. Yep. With the end result being a good college. Yes. Mm-hmm. And one, of, one of the top thirty American universities. <laughs> <laughs> rocket admit. And, and if you can't make it there, you need Rocket Admit to help you. <laughs> no, which a lot of parents do use consultants for right. their kids. Right? right. That too. All right, but that's a really good analogy for mm-hmm. uh, person defense versus zone zone defense. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So, what is it to you, Summer? I think talking about it not in terms of an education perspective, in terms of like emotional um, intelligence, like EQ. Uh-huh. I think Western parenting really emphasizes like having a high EQ more than Eastern parenting does. Right. Um, that's not to say that Eastern parenting style they don't foster, or they don't show love. They of course show love, just in a very different way. Mm. Um, a lot of times it's through action. They don't actually say, I love you very much. It's not very by affectionate. Right. It's, you know, they love by, by doing, by, you know, showing. Um, and then a lot of Western parenting styles, they emphasize... Um, touchy-feely. Touchy-feeling, right. More emotions, more nurturing. Yeah, talking about emotions, being really emotionally supportive when their kids mm-hmm. are feeling sad. I think more of an emphasis on mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, Summer, um, for you, did you grow up with the Western style, more more of the kind of caring about your emotions and your parents were very supportive of your emotions? I think, yes, more than probably other people, but I wouldn't say it's completely Western either. <laughs> yeah, because your parents are also educated in Taiwan, right? Um, my mom was, but my dad was in ABC too. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Ah. So who is um, the most Western educated in that sense person that you know probably just some of my classmates their parents are very really loose with rules with curfew with Mm -hmm. what they can do with their free time Mm -hmm. they um have less of an emphasis on education um these are your high school classmates or harvard classmates high school High school. Ah. She hasn't had Harvard classmates. Yeah, I haven't met my Harvard classmates yet. Ah, I'd be interested to see, you know, what kind of uh, parenting style leads to that, you know, because obviously Harvard is where a lot of parents, you know, also Asian parents (laughs) would like to send their kids. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Um, I think another thing is that I think uh, Asian parents tend to treat their children like child, even when they're 50 years old. They're still like... You can tell a lot of parents are still treating their child like, oh, they don't know anything. I got to protect them, mm. you know. You know, They're going to make a mistake. Oh, my God. Mm. And Western parents are, like, so eager for their kids to be independent. Yeah, mm. they're like, independent. And they speak to them like an adult, mm. you know. I do notice this. When I take my kids back, um, back to New York in the summers, right, yeah. back before COVID, and um, one summer there, and you can notice the change in them. 
Now my my kids are 10 and 8 now, right? Yeah. So back then there might be like you know 8 and 6. And they go back and they will be playing some playground or something, right? And some old man or old lady would start talking to them, but engage them in conversation as in like a real conversation. Yes, yes like you know? it's a... like and, and and call them. It's like hey, you know, say to my son like, hey, young man, hey, what are you building right there? Oh, that looks really cool. What are you, you know? And and actually being very curious. And after a while, I do notice this with my kids where they kind of loosen up and they are more willing to, to talk to adults like people. Yes. Right. And then they come back here to Taiwan. And, you know, first day we, we come back home and, and, you know, the susu ayi and everybody's like, oh, you come back home. You know, it's like patting them on the head. It was like, oh, did you listen to your parents? You know? And about two weeks after that, you just start seeing the change in them where they, it's, it's like the socialization back into this kind of culture, mm -hmm. right? So when we're talking about the, this kind of parenting style, I wonder, it's probably very endemic to the culture itself. Yeah, absolutely. Right. When I first came here and my friend was introducing me to her parents, she was like, oh, like, you have to say, like, ni hao, su su ai, blah, 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 blah. Right, and I right. wasn't used to it, so I you had to practice. It, right. You know, in America, I just go, like, hi, Mr. and Mrs., blah, 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 and like that. Oh, but you say Mr. and Mrs. Some people just go, hey, hey, you know, what's his name? Oh, oh hey. first name. Right. Hey, just, Sean. Yeah, call me Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, but so, yeah. so um, how did you, how did that hit you? Right, because you grew up in the States, mm -hmm. right? So coming back here, how did you feel that culture itself perhaps playing a part in the parenting style? Yeah, I think people are a lot more respectful in terms of like filial piety sense towards their parents. And that's not to say I'm not respectful towards my parents, but I think I do speak to them as if they're on my level, like we're equals mm. and we have conversations as if we're equals and they allow me to kind of challenge their views and kind of debate oh. with them. How do they allow you to challenge their views? At the dinner table, we talk about current events, politics, mm. economics, and okay. I always am not afraid to say my opinion, and then we can have, like, friendly debates slash banter. Have you guys ever disagreed strongly about something before? Not strongly, but we have disagreed on mm. things. Mm. And, you know, who uh, is? has there ever been kind of like, well, I, what I say goes because I, I'm the parent here. Oh, no, nothing like That's that. That's never happened mm -hmm. in your process of growing up. No. They've never made a decision for you who'd be like, I'm going to make this decision for you even though you feel otherwise because I know that that's better for you. I can't think of anything that comes to mind, but it's never just like a unilateral decision. It's always like a compromise. I always ask ah. for my opinion on things. Mm. What about you, Sean? I'm more interested in that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm rather easy to get along with. <laughs> As you can see, right? <laughs> well, this part just of my shot. personality. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just when I was growing up, look, uh, you know, I went to the States when I was eight. And I didn't have a choice in the matter. I was thrown into a school with no ESL program, and I didn't have a choice in that either. Right? So these decisions were made for me, uh, and I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. So it was more kind of like, uh, well, sink or swim, and here you go and swim, right? And that's the way that I kind of just grown up. I remember the first time that I actually did have a, a disagreement was when I was, when I was going from junior high to high school. Mm -hmm. Now, where I lived, at the high school, the local high school was actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, 
uh, my parents actually wanted me to uh, go for another school, like this magnet school way out in Manhattan. For like super uber smart kids, right? Like for like... <laughs> for, it's, you have to take a, a special test to get in, right? So the way they, they said it was just like, just go take the test. You're not going to get in anyway. <laughs> and, and I took the test and I got in. I was like the first person in my school in like 10 years to so, get in. So right? is that Eastern parenting style to like really discrediting your child first, but still sending them yeah, to take sure the test? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I would certainly not recommend it. My, my parents <laughs> believe that if you praise your children too much, they'll get too cocky. Uh -huh. And that's not good. So uh -huh. do not. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you go out there and go, oh, yeah, my, my kid can't do anything. She's like, she's not very smart. You yes. Know? Well, you know, in Chinese, they even talk about when you talk about your son or something, you'd be like, oh, Quanzi. Like my, my yeah. little, my little dog. Yeah, yeah, my little dog. I Did you own, know that? I own no, him. I didn't. That's one way to refer to your, to your son. But that's like, the son. What yeah. do you talk about a wife? The, the daughter? Oh, the, the oh, wife. My wife. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, that's another whole ball of wax. That's know, another that's episode a in the patriarchal, you know, vestiges. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> of Chinese yes. society. So, so my dog, my dog son. Xiao Quan, Xiao Quan. So, uh, you know, so they said, go and apply for it. Uh, and I got in and they said, you're going to go. And I said, I don't want to go. So why not? I said, because all my friends, yeah. my hard-earned friends, yes. you know, finally, I have a place of my own. I want yes. to go to the same high school as them. And they're like, well, th this high school is better. You should go. And you know what? Even the thing was that even when I went to my friends, my friends were like, man, you should go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They encouraged me. So they were that kind of that last push. Mm. And I went. And of course, you know, my and I wouldn't have known otherwise how my life would have turned out if I went to my local high school versus Stuyvesant High School, which, when I went there, realized that it was 51% Asian yeah. at that time. Wow. Now, it's probably more like 70 or 80%. Wow. Yeah. And I went from a school in which I was like the only Asian kid. <laughs> oh, practically. Practically the only Asian kid. <laughs> so, you can see, it was definitely a culture shock, right? But... Getting back to this definition of the Eastern versus Western style of parenting. Well, all right. So here's a question. Um, there's a lot of Jewish people in New York, right, that I know. And the way that they teach their kids, well, let me ask both of you. How would you characterize that? Would that be Eastern and Western style from those it, that you know? Is Israel considered East? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I would say it would definitely be a parents are more involved in the child's career path kind of parent parenting. Yeah. 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 Definitely similar to Asian parenting. They really value hard work. Right. Um, doing well in school, etc. Right. And, and so, uh, uh, coming along with your story is that. Asian parents will tend to find the right school, the right teachers, mm -hmm. or like, like for instance, like um, if you find a teacher that's better, like some of the parents at our school, we go, oh, I want to transfer. I want my child to be transferred to uh, the better teacher's class. Right. They would actually right. care about these things. Right. Where like a Western parents would go, oh, you know, you can just go to oh, any class, yeah. any school, and they'll find the right tutoring. See, uh, yeah. Like I, I noticed like some of my uh, girlfriends, uh, when they have a child playing violin, mm -hmm. they would go to NSO, the National uh, Symphony Orchestra, and go, hey, who is the number one first chair? Can you come teach my child? Right. You know, they right. would do that kind of thing. You know, 
you know, and they would like force their child to excel in music, but they don't even know why. The kid is not going to study music at all, but they want to be the best no well, matter what. I'm seeing the same thing uh, in New York, all over the place, though. Right. You know the the amount of competition to get into the better schools, the better private schools, or <laughs> when you go to a conservatory such as Juilliard. When I was at Juilliard, oh my God! You know some of these uh, uh, the Israelis or the Russians with the School mm. of American Ballet, yeah, mm. and the way they treat their kids. Yes. I'd be like, whoa, these Koreans got nothing on these Russians. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I think right here, I also do want to maybe make a distinction because we are also throwing around a lot of cultural labels yes. and a lot of ethnic labels, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to steer away maybe from that because mm -hmm. when we're talking about Eastern, a lot of times we interchange that with Asian. And then with yeah. Asian, you know, then there's East Asian. And, you know, Indians also seem to have that culture of really telling yes. their kids to want to excel and stuff, mm -hmm. right? But now you're seeing like in places like in New York. You have a lot of so-called Western or Caucasian yes. or even, you know, WASP parents mm -hmm. that are treating their kids with that very, quote-unquote, Eastern style. So I still think that we need to define exactly Eastern versus Western. Maybe we should just take off that label for yeah. now. Mm -hmm. um, there's, uh, there is something in psychology talking about parenting styles. There is the authoritarian, right, the authoritative Mm -hmm. and the permissive. Mm -hmm. So now the permissive obviously being, well, you make your own decisions. You can do whatever the hell you want, right? Then the authoritarian would be, well, you do what I say. Yeah. And authoritative would be, I'm going to give you some advice based on what I know and on my expertise, mm -hmm. but it's still up to you to make that choice. I like how there's three instead of two now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So... It would seem, right, yeah. uh, that the authoritary, uh, authoritative style is probably the better balance mm -hmm. between the two, mm -hmm. right? And then there's another axis, which Summer talked about, mm -hmm. about emotion. And how much do you care about the emotion, you know, the child's yeah. emotion? Um, that makes me remember. But, but you know what's really interesting is that if you read any, like, uh, early childhood um, education books, Either it's like Montessori style or um, any any, but they always talk about the child's um, development, mm -hmm. right? You know, right. and then and then everybody reads it. And actually, in Taiwan, everybody would um, try to get their children uh, or their kindergarten kids to go into a Montessori style of right. kind of education, mm -hmm. and the child learn by playing, right. and they develop. They and, use their hands. Yeah. They make stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then they would put them in a private school, like. <laughs> First grade, like yeah. okay, then you like start writing. So I don't, I don't understand where's that transition because you know you want your child at um, uh, at a uh, preschool level. You want them to be happy. You want them to be de de develop themselves, find their own interests, find their passion. Yeah, but and at the same time, you also have the pressures and also keeping up with the Joneses, right? The people yes. around you, like oh, my kids can do the multiplication tables already. You know, yeah. they're five years old. Yeah. I literally went to a Montessori kindergarten where the teacher was demonstrating how they were using Montessori tools to teach kindergarteners multiplication. <laughs> and, and and they were really proud of it. Like, hey, we managed to hack these tools and, <laughs> and we could get your kids to know multiplication. And, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, whoa, that kind of, you know, Miss, Miss, Miss Montessori would be yeah. <laughs> Nolan, you Yes, know? yes. <laughs> Seriously, right? It's, yeah, so, so there is, well, getting back to that emotion part, it just makes me think of this, uh, uh, this friend that I went to. I went to his house when I first immigrated to 
to the States, right? And I, was, I, I barely had any friends. And there was this one blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid that somehow befriended me. And then one day he said, hey, come over to my house to play. And I thought, yeah, great. You know, so I asked my parents, and I guess my parents were like, oh, well, I, oh, Sean has friends. <laughs> sure, you know, go. And I always remember we went there, and he comes in. He's just like, hi, Mom, this is my friend. And, uh, and then, you know, Mom was, like, making something. She was like, oh, hi. And then we go upstairs, and we're there playing. And then the mom was saying something to, the, to, to my friend. Um, and the kid was just like, Mom, I'm playing here. Can you see I'm with a friend? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just shocked. I mean, asked, like, you know, if, if I ever said that to my parents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would go the, the, the whole year, right? I would not have any friends at all the year. Yeah, so I, I was very, very surprised um, at exactly, you know, like the way that the kid was talking back to the parents, mm. right? And for a long time, I thought, well, is that the American way? Is that, yeah. I mean, is that? I mean, the friends that you know that are the most, quote unquote, American. You know, American. <laughs> Western. We, we need to give this a new label. I know. Would you, call, would you say it permissive? I mean, sure. Let's say? call it permissive. Yeah? Sure. Yeah, I think that they do talk back to their parents more. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And what are the, you know, from your observation, what are the plus or minuses of that? I think they have a really, really healthy relationship with their parents and that they can tell them almost anything and be really open with them about their emotions and when they're feeling sad. Mm. But at the same time, it can cause them to be a little less respectful of their elders. Mm. I, I think it's a give and take. If you're too harsh on your child, they tend not to be open up to you. They, 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 they tend not right. to, they, they would close up to you. They won't tell you their deepest secrets. When right. they have a girlfriend, they wouldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you know, when they have problems, they don't want to tell you. Right. And if you have like a more open relationship with your parents, you can tell them everything. But if, it depends on if the, if the parents want to take it because there's a lot of, you know, how open. And, you're, and the child tend to be more confident as well. Mm. You know, because, more confident when they're earlier, they're able to express yeah, their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. They're more confident. You know, mm-hmm. they, they feel like they can say anything. Mm. But whereas um, um, in a more authoritative kind of relationship authoritarian, authoritarian you you tend not to say much you you, you kind of keep quiet right. a lot of you, you have things you just right. keep it to yourself what are the see I, I think a lot of people who are listening to this uh you would place yourself along somewhere along the spectrum right and how did you turn out hey, that's a question right how, how did it work out for you what one way or the other i think all of us are uh, the way that we raise our kids, or you know, if you have kids, is probably going to be a reflection or a reaction to how you were brought up, right? Like I got this from my parents, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it on, or yeah. I'm, I got this from my parents, and therefore I'm definitely not gonna do yeah. this with my kids, mm-hmm. right? So, um, from you guys' experience, the most extreme examples of the so-called authoritarian versus the permissive. How did they turn out? Do you know? Yes. So I have one example. This guy I knew from high school, his mom was most, like the most authoritarian person I know. Yeah. Asian? Yes, of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Please go on. Um, 
basically like treated him like he was a king. He didn't have to do any chores when he went home. Oh. He just studied all the time. He, she really pushed him to study. He um, didn't have to do any household things and like whatever. It didn't really cultivate his soft skills. Mm-hmm. Of course, like he turned out great. He got into a great school in terms of that sense. He's very smart, hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, good at STEM, but on the flip side, he's like one of the most misogynistic person people I know. Oh. He's terrible, he doesn't really have soft skills, how to communicate with people. Yeah. Um, yeah, just generally kind of rude. So, he, right? Yeah, he. Uh, does he have a girlfriend, boyfriend? I don't no, think so. No, no, huh? Yeah, I wonder, I wonder <laughs> who would actually date right. him, right? Right, so in terms of like, I mean, a lot of um, Eastern parent, or sorry, uh, authoritarian parents, they would call that a success, right? Because mm. he got into a good school and he's really good at school. But on the flip side, he's just like has no soft skills whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so there's a book that I was, um, I was going to tell you guys. It's called How to Raise an Adult. It's by a freshman dean from Stanford. And her name is Julie uh, Lithcott uh, Hames. So I had okay. like a lot of people at TAS, um, uh, parents to read it. Mm-hmm. Because they, she TAS realized... TAS being Taipei American Taipei American School. school. Right. So... Um, she realized that as a freshman dean of Stanford, mm-hmm. there are a lot of kids that went to Stanford, but their parents are still lingering on the campus because mm-hmm. these kids have like no life skills. Mm-hmm. So the parents are always on campus waiting. If anything happens, they're going to go save their children. Mm-hmm. And this is like freshman in college already, mm-hmm. right? So she feels the need to write this book. And the book is really interesting. It actually lists out the skills you should have as um, at, at very at different age points, like uh, from like, um, if you're kindergarten, these kids should have like this kind of skills. Mm-hmm. And when they go to elementary school, because a lot of these kids, when they go to Stanford, they can study and they do all these things, but they they can't like they don't know how to fry an egg mm. or they don't know how to like clean up. Yeah, do their laundry. <laughs> I had to put a coin in. You know, yeah. They need a remedial Montessori. Yeah. So actually, they have a book to list out all the skills, all life the skills. skills you should have. You know, before college, and that's kind of scary because these kids they're only taught how to study. They probably know how to play an instrument very well. Right. They probably know how to do like uh, some sort of like prog- uh, regression analysis, right. but they don't know how to live on their own. You know, what you say makes me think, as a psychologist, I'm, I'm very interested in the emotional ramifications of, you know, when you, how you treat a person, right? Especially when you have power over them, which is parent with, with kids. And it makes me think of this, uh, uh, this, this guy that I know who was brought up very, very much in that kind of authoritarian way. His mom was, was extremely um, controlling of every aspect of his life, right? So pretty much, like you said, Summer, right? Didn't have to do any chores. I mean, that's just the least of it. Mm-hmm. But it, but when he came of age, she really cared about like who his friends were, um, you know, dictated his social life, mm-hmm. every aspect of his, his mm-hmm. existence, mm-hmm. right? And got him all the way into a top Ivy, I'm not gonna say which one, uh, and into an Ivy grad school, all right. So this guy is extremely now accomplished, or so-called successful by many measures, and uh, dated someone while they were in graduate school, which who the mom did not approve of because she was of a different ethnicity, mm. right? And then did everything in her power, split them up successfully, wow. right? Successfully. The, the, the kid continued on with his studies, 
And then one day dated some other girl that was the same ethnicity. Now everything checks off. And the mom was like, oh, all right, well, this one is gonna be pretty good. And, and then one day they had a conversation about something. It was just some random stuff, right? Talking about maybe like coming home for Thanksgiving or something like that. And suddenly the, the son was just like, no, just, they just had this weird argument. Hung up, never called his mom after that. Just cut off as, as if he just disappeared from the world. Right. So, and, and this has been, uh, it's been at least 10 years from what I know, and they still have not gotten in touch. Wow. Right. Yeah. And from what I hear, the, it's already gotten so bad that the, the guy got married, right? He married this girl. Obviously, the parents didn't, didn't go to the wedding, and they would see each other at some other kids, you know, family, friends, wedding, and literally stay on the opposite room from each other and do not even, like, make eye contact. Now that is probably the most extreme example that mm -hmm. I know of, but it was also pretty extreme in the way that he was brought up. Yes. Right. It was almost like you were living, living in a test tube, mm -hmm. right? Everything is figured out for you. And very, very much it's just, you're going to do this to succeed, which is, I think maybe one of the, I don't know what you call it, maybe Asian, Eastern, I don't know what you call it, but there is something, it's, it's very goal-oriented, yes. goal-directed behavior, yes. right? That, you know what? Life is tough and uh, competition is tough. And therefore, I'm going to make you as competitive as possible. And so you need to delay all gratification because that's going to steer you astray. Yeah. This seems to happen soft. in many, yeah, it makes you soft. I'm going to toughen you up, right? This, this, seems to occur in not only many Asian parentings that, that, that I know of, but also some biographies of some very, very accomplished individuals. You talked about Tiger Woods. Yeah. They Mang might be Mang, accomplished on paper, like but right. truly But they're like, just stunted yeah. emotionally. Emotionally, right. Right. They might not be truly happy. They might have trouble finding their sense of self. Right. Well, but you have to think about it. I, I think that's a like the ultimate sad story for any like mother, right? Yeah. I invested so much time. I try, I made you the person you are and ended up, you don't want to have anything to do with me. Like that is, I think that's the horror story of parenting. You know? Right. And, and I think it also speaks volumes about how the mother's personality is. The fact that she also just keeps this really tough exterior says, you know what? My son is not going to, you know, get in touch with me. I'm not going to get in touch with him. Mm. Right. So that personality came to bear on probably, you know, this very dominant versus very submissive until the submissive just one day just says, I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And the dominance cannot show any emotions. Like you talk about like a more nurturing kind of parenting style. You would like be touchy feely. Oh, how do you feel? Oh, I'm, where's, oh, I know where you are and like how, how we are together. As, right. But then in a um, more authoritative kind of parenting, the mother or the parent, the, the authoritative side, you cannot right. show any emotions right. because you got to be tough, right. you know, and then the recipients right. also cannot show like weakness as well. Well, it's true that life is tough and competition is pretty, pretty tough, you know, especially now for going into a top league, you know, college, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of parents who are like, well, you know what? My kid is just soft. My kid doesn't have many ambitions and they don't really have interests of their own. So why don't I just make these choices for them? So at least I can put them into the competitive pool, 
What do you think about that, Summer? I think that's really, really tough because it's almost as if they're deciding their kid's life for them. And Mm. what if the kid doesn't want to? But I can see from the parent's point of view as well. I can't relate to it as much because I am self-motivated, but (laughs) it, it is so tough to think about just how much control a parent should have over their kid's future. Yeah. There is this book many years ago, 2011, uh, and it made huge waves back when it came out. And it's called uh, The Battle Hymn of the Tiger Tiger Mother. Yeah. Right? You've heard of this book, Summer. Yeah, I met the author. You met the author, yeah. Amy yeah. Shaw. Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. How? How? Why? How? Um, my my dad is on the board of the Harvard Asian Alumni Association, mm-hmm. HQAA, and ah. she came to like one of the events oh, one okay. year. Uh huh. Do you remember what she spoke about? And... I don't. I was like ten. <laughs> <laughs> Did your parents treat you differently after the talk? <laughs> I don't think so. You don't remember. I don't remember. No, Summer doesn't need a tiger mom. She's a tiger person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's a tigress herself, right? Yeah, Yeah, but that book, right? So back when it came out, uh, a a lot of my friends around me were just like, oh, you got to read this book. Oh, my God, blah, 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 blah. And they were really going off on the book as in, this mom is terrible. I can't believe she could treat her kids like this. The person saying that, are they Asian or of other ethnicity? Both. A bit of both. Right. But afterwards, so I I really did read the book and I realized, well, wait a second, it's actually not exactly about that. So then I asked my friends who who told me to read the book, well, did you read the book? And it turned out, no. Mm -hmm. They read excerpts of the book Mm -hmm. and they read Uh, articles uh, talking about the mm -hmm, book. Especially there was one that really put the book on the map and was Mm -hmm. uh, from the Wall Street Journal back Mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. And it just, the excerpt it took were stuff from the beginning of the book where uh, Amy Charles saying, you know, I don't let my kids have sleepovers. Never. Right. Yeah. Like they can't, you know, they, they don't play video games. Like it's just, you know, it's just homework. Yeah. And, and there was this one, there was this one particular episode that people were like, I can't believe this, where the kid, I forgot which daughter. So she, so she has two daughters made a birthday card, right. For her mom. Right. And it was made very last moments. It was a little bit kind of just not that well put together. And the mom rejected it. She says, no, you, this, what, you made this last moment. Come on, I can, you can do better. Oh, my God. So people were like, how can you possibly do this to your child? <laughs> yeah. Now, wh- what do you guys think of, the, have you guys read the book? I have, I have. You have read yeah, the book? Yeah, I have. All right, so you, you have only met the author but haven't read the yeah. book. Yeah. All right, All right. so but Charlotte, I, I, do you remember anything from the book? What's your takeaway here? It's just really, but, but you know, the funny thing is I see it happening like around me. It's not, it's not something that's not, um, it's, it's not, I mean, not to that extent, but you do see it around you, especially, I think it's really interesting because I, my, my second child just applied to college, right? Now Mm -hmm. he's like waiting for acceptance and stuff. So this whole thing about building your resume for your child. Mm -hmm. And this is like what happened also with the tiger tiger mom thing right. just like i see a lot of my friends around around me they're trying to build their child so you have to go to like mun mm-hmm. you have to do a science competition mm-hmm. you got to learn one like instrument to a point where you're in like some sort of competition you know but you you're not going to be a music major they're just doing that because music is one of those things you just you know do by right. practicing and stuff right? right so push their child find the best teachers for their for their child right and then and then just basically for starting middle school, 
basically building their child's resume for them. So once mm-hmm. they apply to college, they have all these things. And they do this maybe because they think that their child is not able to put together a resume that's strong enough on their own. Yes. That's probably the assumption. Yes. Right. So that sounds actually like a lot of consulting, what a lot of consultants do or what coaches do. Yes. Right. So say you have a coach, you are a coach, right? And you see a player with amazing potential, natural gifts. However, they're just not motivated. And what would you do as a coach? I think I would highly encourage them to continue with the sport and foster their... Just highly encourage? How? Just, hey, you got to do... You should do it. Come on. You're gifted. I don't know. You should do Like, have a... Like, sit them down and have a talk with them and really try to make them fall in love with the sport organically. But that would take too too much time, especially okay. when you have, like, more than one child. Okay. Yeah. So at the end, the mom and, goes... And, yeah. And meanwhile, this player has got a bunch of friends that are, like, yeah. you know, just... just they're, they're slackers. Like, yeah, yeah, they're slackers. Yeah. Oh, man. And you're this coach. You're like, oh, man, you know, I just see the future star. Oh, this is so tough. <laughs> hey, that's, right? par- that's parenting. Right? That's parenting. That, I think we got parenting right there. And I think that's what a lot of the so-called Eastern Asian parents or, you know, more authoritarian. Maybe they start off being authoritative they're saying, or maybe even permissive. Hey, I just want my kids to be happy. But then I'm like, oh, I love my child. I love my child so much. I see so much potential in him or her. And then I see them just not, just not, not, not putting it, you know, not, not putting it on, not, not making good on it. And so why don't I make some decisions for them? Put them through a program. Let them learn discipline and delay of gratification through learning an instrument or, you know, going to, you know, build, or like build, do, do yeah. karate. Do because, karate, right. Yeah. Or yeah, speak 10 languages. Or yeah. do something, <laughs> right? <laughs> do whatever. But it's this process of teaching them to delay gratification and to uh, really accomplish something. So this is one also, this is something from the Tiger Mom yeah. book mm-hmm. where Amy Traub just makes her daughter keep playing this one you know, one thing over and over, there's one piece on the piano over and over, even to the point where, she, where when she refused, she was like, you know what, I'm going to take this, this toy that you really like, and I'm going to donate it piece by piece to the Salvation Army if you don't practice, <laughs> right? And so it just became this tete-a-tete, right? And so the daughter, obviously, you know, she caved in, she, she practiced, and she really, really practiced until she mastered it. And she says, well, afterwards, my daughter was beaming when she finally mastered this extremely hard piece and wanted to play it over and over. Mm. Yeah, because so, sometimes there's like the grit. Right. No kids will want to go through the grit themselves unless they're summer. Right. You know, and, there's not, and how many summers are there, right? So you want to make sure that your kids go through that grit work, and nobody likes that, Right. the grit work. Nobody likes the grit work. It's tough. I tell my kids that because my kids are learning piano now too. And when my daughter is there, I play piano. So I'm sitting there next to her and I thought I would be able to make it easier by encouraging her and giving her all that. No, you will plateau. You will run up against the wall and then there will be passages you cannot master and you feel frustrated. And what what do kids do? You know, they they walk away and they they want to go play. I said, no, you're going to do this one more time. And the tears come, right? And then the talk comes. And I said, you know, you know, in order to, you'll find this 
later in life that anything worth doing is worth doing well. And anything worth doing well takes practice. And it's this practice, this constantly, no. constant practice where when you master something, and you know what, you're going to feel so good about no, it, no. and I really believe but in as it. as a uh, tiger mom, that would take too much time. Because the time when you take to talk to them, they could have practiced like 10 more times, okay? So that's why they, they just like skip the whole talking part. And just, just go straight for it, the behavior modification. Yeah, do, <laughs> just keep doing it. Well, so is there a middle ground? See, that's the thing. And I think it's probably dependent on the kid's personality, right? If you have a highly motivated kid, who's always going out and like, you know, breaking stuff because they're so curious, taking stuff apart and things like, oh, well, you know what? I'm just going to give you a little bit of nudge here and there and put you into a big playground and suddenly you're going to find your, your, your passion and purpose, mm -hmm. right? But w what about you want your kid to excel, right? You're and then also kids at, you know, before and during high school and middle school, you think they would know what they want to do, but actually don't. So that's right. why the, that's where the parents come in and right. go, hey, why don't right. you do this? Why don't you do this? why don't you try all these things? And then like, but it, the funny thing is, at the end, you look at everybody's resume. Right. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. They're like cookie cutter resumes. Right, right, and that's why colleges are now uh, they're looking for more organically superior kids. You know, kids with differences. You know, with 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 their unique passions, with something that no one else has, and and a very clear story arc. And but now how, you. But and how many kids are like that? How many you know? kids? Exactly. Some kids, just, just kids really don't like have that, right? any. Duh! I just don't have any interest. You know, <laughs> <laughs> for eighteen years, I don't know. I just, I, I just exist. You know, I don't have. So any. can we say this? Can we say this? That under the more permissive or quote unquote Western style of parenting, you're going to have the majority uh, who are going to be probably less than average, right? But then you're going to have some amazing, brilliant kids. Right. And then in the more quote unquote Asian or controlled style of parenting, you're going to have the, the average is going to be much higher. Mm -hmm. But then you also round out those outliers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's that's agreed. Right. Mm -hmm. And by the way, there there were follow ups to the to the tiger, tiger mom. Right. Yeah. So because she got so much heat yeah. for this. So she said, look, you know, this is not what the book is about at all. The book is really about how I raised my two daughters. Uh, my elder daughter raised her in that very kind of authoritarian kind of way, right? But then the second daughter just did not have that same personality and just got into this battle of wills with her. And then so in the end, she basically, she had to strike peace. And it was more of a, um, as another writer described it, a coming of age story, a coming of age story for the parent. Yes. Where you have to come to terms with the fact that every kid is different. And you don't know the best. Yes. Mm -hmm. That you really do have to, to look at everyone, yes. you know, as an individual case. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, Tiger Mom's uh, a daughter, who ended up getting into Harvard, <laughs> wrote an op-ed piece years afterwards, coming to her mom's defense and said, you know, that um, all those things, all those things that you did actually helped me and, and it pushed me to excellence. And even that episode with the birthday card, right? So the reason behind that birthday card, so Amy Tron says, the reason why I rejected it was because I knew they made it at the last moment. And I knew they slapped it together. And it, it really didn't have that, the heart and soul that, I was, that, that should go into a birthday card. And so I'm like, well, you just did it because it's a part of the ritual. So you know what? You can do better. So she basically asked them to just put more touches on it. 
Which then the daughter also said, you know what? Mom was right. Because the fact was that we were so busy and distracted that we didn't even realize until day of. And so we did slap something together. And it wasn't our best work. So. But, but I think that's really like, you don't let your kids have their feelings normally and you expect it at the right time that you have to put in the touches. Right. Mm. I mean, I mean, I think that is just, I mean, a child is a child. You cannot, they can't turn on and off just like that. It's not an on-off button, <laughs> right? Right. So you want them to be very hard. And all of a sudden, you know, at your birthday card, you have to be like all creative and everything. You know, you can't, you can't control a child like that. I mean, I, right. I, I can't. It is a little contradictory. Yeah. Mm. Just how they were raised, probably a little bit more tough. And then like, when you want the birthday card, that's when you have to be a little bit more emotional. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so uh, Ms. Tra's uh, elder daughter, her name, I'm just checking this up on the, on the internet. Her name is Sophia. So she wrote that letter, ended the letter by saying, if I die tomorrow, <laughs> I would die feeling I've lived my whole life at 110%. And for that, Tiger Mom, thank you. Well, I don't think she has any other choice. I mean, you only have one parent. <laughs> right. you, you, you might as well thank them. Right. No, what kind of parent you have, you just have to thank them. The ones that are really tough on you, the ones that are really slackers, they, I mean, it all comes from a place of love, I think. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It all comes from a place of love. So if you love your child, do you put them through the grinder so that they can learn that discipline, so they can learn how to really master something and delay of gratification? Or do you love them so you set them free and let them find their own way and make mistakes and, 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 take the risk of actually never quite catching up to everyone else. But I think for mm. Asian parents, that would be kind of like irresponsible. Ah, it would also be very Dulian. Yeah. You'll lose face yes. with your friends. Because you don't know where they're going to college. <laughs> you can't show up from, uh, to your friends, you know. They so go to school that, you know. it back into yes. culture then. It's face, ah. it's a face. Yeah. Would you say that where you grew up, it was mostly more the permissive kind of atmosphere or? Um, so I went to private school in Connecticut and yes, that was definitely more permissive. But then okay. when I moved to, to Maryland, there was definitely more authoritative okay. parenting because my high school had more Asian people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I went to um, a predominantly white private school in Connecticut. And to be honest, my mom didn't really like the way that they were teaching because we weren't being pushed hard enough. No, they don't do Asian math. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> they, so had to, she, they had to go to a, a special place to learn Asian math. Yeah, no, I, she had to ask my teachers for extra math worksheets that I could do at home. <laughs> there you go. But, so she wasn't happy at the time, but now looking back, yeah. she was like, no, it was actually really good because you cultivated your soft skills more and you got to learn. They taught manners a lot. They taught kindness. Uh, they taught collaboration, friendship, uh, all these things. Yeah. And she was actually really happy with that. Right. So now just looking back, in the moment, she was like, no more math worksheets. Yeah. Mm. But she mm. was, you know, at the end, very happy with how I turned out from yeah. that school. Did you go to Kumo, Kumon? Kumon. Yeah. Kumon. Yeah. No, yeah, that's cool. like an episode of like uh, Fresh Off the Boat. The mom's like, right. you don't teach Asian math. We had to go go to, go to Kumon. Kumon. <laughs> <laughs> Who did Kumon when they were kids? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I, I go to Chinese school, so I am living Kumon. Yeah, you <laughs> literally go Kumon. to Kumon for years. Uh, well, this has been an episode with a lot of stories and, 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 it's pretty clear that it's actually there's no um, 
definitely better, I guess, right? Um, I mean, there are success stories on both ends, but uh, it's just really it's up, up to you. I think as a parent, the most important thing is to really observe your kid and to see what their personality is and how much natural grit that they have. And if they don't have quite enough, maybe set up some interesting challenges for them, but ones that they can also buy into, mm-hmm. right? So they can really feel their own sense of accomplishment as opposed to just living out your accomplishment as a parent. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's our episode. Some food for thought. And if anyone has any comments, welcome to share them with us on our Facebook, on our IG. We're going to leave all of those uh, links in our show notes. And uh, thank you very much. We will see you next time for another episode of Between Here and There. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Between Here and There. If you enjoyed it, kindly give us some stars and leave a review for us on your platform of choice. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, referrals for guests, etc., please feel free to contact us on our social media accounts. Just search Between Here and There on FB or IG. This show is produced in collaboration with Soundshine, Xuanyan Wenchuang. Our hosts are Sean Liu, producer Charlotte Guo, assistant producer Summer Shen, and this really awesome music you're hearing is by one of our season one guests, Spark Wu. Until next time, thanks for listening.